her saying like, I hate you, I'm really hoping that that's gonna play into my theory of, you know, she's not really gonna go through with it, but she's gonna end up on the right side. Go through with what? I don't know. Cause I don't know what they're doing. What, what samples, samples, like. You know, God. swap the cooch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hate you. Locke is going to training now. Oh, yeah? How's that going? Not as bad as I thought, but, like, not great. Are you doing the training or is someone else doing the training and you're watching? I'm doing the training. So it's me and, like, a couple other people, but we do it at PetSmart. That's what I did with Loki. Yeah. So, like, in the aisles? Yeah. Well, there's a training center in ours, but sometimes we do it in the aisle if it's the the class is like double booked so we did it in the aisle and on day one we walk in there and lock immediately peed on the floor (laughs) that's not great so i was just mortified i like i apologize and then i dragged him outside and like let him pee a couple times and then as i like walked around because they told you tell you like walk around for a little bit like get the lay of the land i just noticed that there was piles of piss everywhere and i was just like okay apparently that no no dog here is well behaved. Well, I think it's because there's so many dogs in there that dogs want to, like, mark their territory when they get in there. Yeah. I was just happy that it didn't take a dump. <laughs> but, like, the first training, it was just, like, they do this whole thing where it's, like, touch and you, like, hold your hand out and he's just, like, supposed to boop your, your hand. And then, like, focus, which was, like, just, like, looking at you. Mm-hmm. And then sit, which, like, it was useful, but like Locke knows Sit. Now he doesn't know it like super well, but what we learned didn't exactly make it so he knows it super well either. And then week two was the Halloween weekend. And I woke up and just was not feeling good. Now I later found out that I was sick. So I felt less bad, but I ended up calling them like an hour beforehand was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it in today because I feel like death. Can we reschedule? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, anything else? And I was like, do you want any of my information? Because you don't know who I am. And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess we should get that. So I like told him who I was and gave my number. And I was like, this is my trainer's name. I'm part of this class. Can you let her know I'm not coming in and have her reach out to me when she's able to reschedule? And they're like, OK, we got to Wednesday and I still hadn't heard anything. So I called again. I was like, hey. This is my name. This is my trainer. This is my dog. This is the class I'm in. Here's my number. Is she free? No. Cool. Here's a message for her. Half give me a call. Still didn't hear from her. Went there on Saturday and she was like, oh, we've been playing phone tag. I'm like, that's crazy. My phone did not ring once this week. I don't even think Kate called me, but okay. And we basically were like, you'll have to make it up on Tuesday. I'm like, that's fine. Um, I'm going on another like long weekend trip kate and i are going to milwaukee for our anniversary and i was just like can i reschedule that class as well and they're like we'll just do both in the same day and i was like okay so my second lesson my second lesson was the third lesson so there was like a a recap point and she was just like now this is all new to you and i was like yeah i i got that part so but for the most part 
he seems to be responding pretty well, but I mean, like you've met Locke. He's it's a six week course is probably better off to be like an entire year. Yeah. But you have to keep doing it at home. I do. He's like, Oh my God, I did it in front of dad and Kate. And they were just like, that's what you're paying for. Cause like I was doing like the focus and like, I'm supposed to be like, yes, good job. And like pet him and everything. And dad was like, he barely looked at you. And she, and I'm like, well, the trainer says it doesn't matter how long he looks as long as he looks. And he was just like, I don't even think he looked at you and and like him and Kate were just making fun of me. And I was just like, you tell me for months to take this fucking dog to training. I take it to training. It's expensive training. I'm doing what the fucking trainer tells me to do. Now you're saying it's not good enough. You train is fucking. I was so mad. Well, I've done all of the pet smart training. I took Loki through beginner, intermediate and advanced and brain games. And I thought it was really good. He's not a perfect dog, but, you know, I thought it really helped with, like, socializing. He's, like, pretty chill around other dogs. And I know it seems silly in the beginning with, like, the touch and everything, but it's, like, foundation stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I use touch to, like, refocus him when we're out in public and he starts to get, like, a little crazy. It's, like, it's it gets his brain focused, you know? We were learning it with leave it. That's a big one. That's a big one. Loki still does that. And thank goodness, because he's a menace. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we're covering season three, episode 18, D.O.C. Which I can't remember. Did we tell you or did you know what D.O.C. meant before? I kept saying department of and trying to guess. And then you were like, it's not department of. And I said, okay, then I have no idea. <laughs> I had it as a quick bit at one point, And then like at one, Julia just straight up says like DOC. Oh, sorry. Date of conception. I was like, okay, well that's not a good quick bit. It's a line in the show. what did you think of the episode, Lauren? I liked it. It was very informative. Yeah. I remember you said, earlier in the season you don't think they would ever say who was the father well i didn't realize there'd be a whole ass uh ultrasound machine on the <laughs> island wasn't seeing that coming they had a whole ass fertility specialist on the island yeah but i mean i'm glad they did give us that information and there was some some shock value and yeah it was a oh, overall a good episode how about you hit me with that synopsis? Sun finds out the truth about island pregnancy and Jungle Crew fights to save Parachute Girly. <laughs> I want you to know that I just assumed that her name was revealed in this episode. So the entire time I was typing out her name only to get to the end and realize I now have to go back through my entire notes and just put the woman. <laughs> you know, you could... Like there's a you could do that a find and replace. Yeah, that's what I did. But the problem was I also referred to Jin's mom as the woman until it's revealed who she is. So it just it just replaced everything. It was like a whole fucking thing. But that doesn't make sense because say her name was Sally and you were like find and replace. Every time I say Sally, change it to the woman. That wouldn't affect when you've said the woman. Mm. 
you're right. You caught me in a lie. I don't know how to do the find and replace. So I tried to. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> Damn. You're so dumb. Yeah. Speaking of dumb, I've got quitbits and I'm doing something a little different today. I've got one at the beginning and I've got two in the episode. The other thing different is that instead of saying quick bits, you said quit bits. Yeah, I did that too. When we do our next show, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the I'm gonna change the segment. We could just cancel the segment. No, no, no. Actually, you know what? That's a good point. I don't know if I would want to do any like quick bits for whatever show we're doing next. I don't know if I'd want to do another podcast. <laughs> people are asking. Yeah, but okay, people. Let me ask you this. I'm just gonna throw this out into the Lauren gets lost universe. Everybody wants another podcast after we finish Lost. But does anybody want me to be a part of it? Or is it just Zane? There's your poll. That's the poll for the episode. Lauren gets Lost sequel podcast with or without Lauren. Like, is it a make or break if I'm not on it? I feel like it would be. I don't know if I'm that likable of a character in this scenario. Here's the thing, though, right? I could never get Kate to be on every week. I just couldn't. I would never want to do it with mom. I'm sorry, mom. It's just I could not have imagined something worse. And Devin, love you, Devin. Love you, friend of the podcast, Devin. I don't know if I could ever get her to sit down long enough to like actually do this process. And there's been no one else on the show. So unless I'm bringing like, I might, maybe we'll call up Mel Allgood. Get her on the podcast as a regular or or Leah or someone. It's either just me and someone that people don't know or I bring you back. I mean, we'll see if the salary is high enough. So oh, wait. are you saying give us money <laughs> for money? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to weekly. I, I imagine that future Lauren is very busy. I don't know if I can commit to weekly, I say, 18 episodes into the third season of our weekly podcast. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, Lauren in the future, she's probably has a lot going on. She has shenanigans, you know? I got an email from Patreon the other day that was, like, big fan of what you guys are doing. You should use Patreon, blah, 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 blah. Kate was like, you don't have time for Patreon. You can barely keep up with the content you make now. Also, like, we don't have enough listeners for Patreon. Like, I don't. We haven't our... made a single cent off this fucking thing. What's wrong with Patreon? Our parents wouldn't even subscribe. Mom couldn't figure out. Mom wouldn't understand how Patreon works. Dad wouldn't understand what Patreon is. Yeah, I, I don't think. I remember when we first started this, and and like, phone call number one where we like hatched this whole plan, and you're like, oh yeah, and then if we get really big some of our patreon content and i said whoa 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 calm down it's funny you say that because the end of phone call number one was like we actually got to do this though we we got to do it i'm still shocked we did <laughs> i know because it was like oh well we'll work on the script and, and we'll do a test run and blah, blah blah and i was just when we actually sat down to do the pilot i was like i never thought this idea would get off the ground and here we are here we are anyway so this episode was directed by Frederick E.O. Toy, who directed a few episodes of the final season of The Walking Dead, 
a couple episodes of Westworld, that show Designated Survivor. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I did. I watched like the first three or four episodes and then fell off it, but I really want to go back and watch it because I did enjoy it. He also did Revolution and some of the best episodes of Person of Interest, including Witness, Beta, Asylum, and The Day the World Went Away, which fucking love Person of Interest, and those are some of my favorite episodes, so I knew this was going to be a good one when I read that. Also, I knew it was going to be a good one because I've seen this episode like a hundred times. Alrighty then. So, more quick bits to come, but let's get into the episode. We start off with Sun working in her garden when she hears someone approaching, and it's Jack. And right out the gate, this is like the third or fourth time they have done this. Sun is working in her garden, and someone is approaching, and she's spooked thing. Maybe just, like, clear out the brush around you, just so you can have, like, a line of sight. He offers to help her and asks where Jin went, and Sun says that he went off on the camping trip and asked if he needed him. Jack says he was looking for her and asks about her pregnancy. Sun says that she is tired, which is normal, and he asks about any other strange symptoms, including bleeding, which causes Sun to ask why he is so curious. He says he is just checking in and wants to make sure that she was okay now that he is back, and Sun says that she is okay. Jack says, great, and then immediately just leaves, clearly not actually wanting to follow through with the helping. I mean, if she's great, then she doesn't need help with the garden oh but you might help them with the pregnancy no. yeah who wants to garden you don't like gardening i tried i failed miserably never do it again really i don't like to be bad at things here's a question hmm. do you think kate gardens kate producer kate or kate austin producer kate i know kate austin doesn't garden well i it was just like an odd question um, I mean, she lives in an apartment, so I'm thinking she's a houseplant girly. She does have a lot of houseplants. Here's how I know she's not a great plant mom. No offense, producer Kate, who doesn't listen to this podcast and also wouldn't subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I got her an orchid a long time ago because I really messed up. And her cat, Valentine, who we have still yet to adopt, destroyed it, ripped off all the flowers. I don't know anything about orchids. I just thought it was dead. So I was really confused why Kate was just keeping it there. The pot with the stem. Mm -hmm. This morning, I was shutting the window and I, I was stunned to see that it bloomed again. And I said, oh, it, the orchid bloomed. That's so cool. And she said, really? And it was like fully developed. So she had no idea that that thing was still like kicking. And then I realized all of those plants were like really struggling. And there was one that she bought that she really loved and I think killed in like a week. So I don't think she's the best plant mom. I kill every plant that has ever entered my house. Didn't you once have a cactus that like never needed to be watered and you somehow killed that? I'll tell you exactly how I killed it. And Devin got me that cactus. I'll tell you exactly how I killed it. It's I put it on the windowsill in our house in Ohio mm. during one of the coldest winters known to Ohio. And we lived in a drafty old farmhouse. I lived in the coldest room in the house. I killed my cactus with winter. Doesn't it get cold in the desert, though? 
shut up. I, that's why I've been telling myself this whole time is that I, I killed it because it got too cold. Don't don't ruin that. Well, I that mean, it, it's, it, me. it gets cold at night. But not yeah. probably like, you know, negative 30 with this wind was chill. the year of the polar vortex, my ah. senior year of high school. It was very cold. It was like sub-zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. They had to change snow days in Waynesville because of that. Yeah. We get our first flashback where Jin calls Sun on his lunch break as she is doing some shopping. They are newlyweds moving into their new home together. They discuss boxes, new linens, and Jin has set up the bed. They say they love each other madly as Jin needs to return to work. At this point in time, he's still a floor manager at Peck Automotive. Sun sits on a bench next to a woman who asks if she is the woman in a paper showing a picture of the wedding, which Sun confirms. The woman congratulates them and says Jin is very handsome. And she says that Sun's dad is Peck and her family is very powerful. Sun says she does not know much about the family business. And the woman asks about Jin's parents, who Sun says is dead. Sun asks who she is. And the woman says that it would bring great shame if the daughter of Peck Automotive married the son of a fisherman. And Sun says that she already knows and it does not matter. The woman asks if it matters that he is the son of a prostitute. And then says that she will return in three days and she will bring $100,000 for her. And if she loves Jin as madly as she says, she will spare him from learning the truth and then leaves. Thoughts on the overall storyline today for the flashbacks? I liked it. And the main reason that I liked it was because we got more of Jin's dad. And I love that man. He is so fucking great. Jin... I'm going to say it was a hundred percent wholesome in this episode. Normally with flashback Jin, there's like one or two moments where you're just like, eh. And even like that moment that you could argue he wasn't wholesome. I feel like he had his boundaries. I don't even know where you're saying that we could argue that. I loved him the whole time. He was great. I'll point it out. Well, I'm sure you'll remember it. Okay. On the island, Jin asks who the woman is, and Desmond says he has no idea. Charlie says that she knows him since she just said his name. She begins to wake up and try to speak, so they give her water. Hurley recognizes that she's speaking Spanish, and she is saying that she is dying. They search her person and find that she was impaled by a branch upon landing. Desmond tells Hurley to search through the bag for something to use because their first aid kit is just worthless i guess charlie says that they have to get her back to jack and desmond says that if they move her it will make it worse so they have to bring jack to her charlie says it's an eight hour walk eight eight lauren no it's an eight hour walk one way and desmond says that he will run charlie says it's unsafe as there are people on the island trying to kill them and desmond argues that no one knows they're there and on cue hurley fires a flare gun into the sky. I like to imagine that they were like in the writer's room and they're just like, and then Mikhail finds them and they're like, well, how would Mikhail find them? Let's have Hurley fire a flare gun or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I liked it. It was funny. In the next flashback, Jin returns home. He brought son's favorite tofu soup, which again, he's like the perfect husband. She is unpacking and asks if she can put some family photos on the table. And Jin says, of course, again, the perfect husband. 
They look at them together, and Jin says that even in a cap and gown, she is the sexiest woman he has ever seen. Which might be overdoing it a little bit. Nobody looks sexy in a cap and gown. Did you see that TikTok that I posted? Yes, I did. That... And there you go. <laughs> that cap did not fit my head quite right. Nothing but... fits your head. Well, these headphones look great. Okay. It's time that I tell a secret. What? I think you know this, but I don't think the podcast listeners know. Back during season one, when Locke destroyed my headphones, and I ordered a new pair, and they were stolen, they sent me two headphones to replace them. And I said, I'm going to keep them both, just in case Locke destroys the other pair, and I have a backup. Mm-hmm. Locke destroyed the original pair within one week of that conversation, and I have been using the backup ever since. I don't understand. Like, okay, no, we need to talk about this. Don't you crate Locke when you're not home? Back then, I still lived alone. Um, so you just- weren't... Him destroying the headphones the second time is what killed the crating, or killed the, the no crate. Because okay, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, if he's crated when you're not supervising him, then how could he possibly destroy so many things? I felt bad crating him all day because, like, it's like a tight little confined area, and I wasn't home for like ten hours. You know? Yeah, I I get it. But then he destroyed another hundred dollar pair of headphones and i was like well it that's the end for you when we first got loki that was like the cleanest our house ever consistently stayed because we could not leave anything out like every single shoe every single sock like we're definitely the type that even though we have a shoe rack our shoes are just piled up in random like places around the house and now he doesn't touch anything, but for the first, like, six months, you would not see a shoe. Sometimes I think Locke has, like, a foot fetish because he just, like, is obsessed with socks. But when it comes to shoes, he doesn't really, like, play with them or, like, carry them around or anything. I think he's a little ashamed, to be honest, because what he'll do is he'll put the toy or whatever he's messing with on top of the of a shoe. And then only play with the toy, but have his nose just like buried into the shoe. And one time I'm just like, Locke, <laughs> you don't have to be ashamed. No one is going to judge you. He's like, oh, it's the shoe just happened to be there. I'm just If I smell it, that's just coincidental. My trainer today said that she likes that I talk to Locke like he's a normal person. And I said, oh, I, I didn't realize that I did that. And he, she was like, "Really? Because you asked him what you thought the what he thought the score was going to be in today's game." I was gonna, like, I thought you meant like the tone of your voice. Although I caught myself uh, last week. Sometimes I lay on the ground and I just like lay on the dog bed with the dogs, and I was petting Loki, and I said, "Do you like living here?" Never <laughs> <laughs> think about the fact that like. Like sometimes I I like hold the dogs and I go, I saved your life because I adopted them from the shelter. But then I'm like, you know, they don't have a say in that. Like sometimes Loki kind of gives me side eye and I'm like, maybe he doesn't like his adoptive family. Maybe he wishes he had someone cooler, you know? So I ask him, 
He doesn't answer me. I fall asleep with the TV on a lot. And a lot of times I don't know what to like watch. So I'll look at Locke. And I'll uh, he has a tell when he's interested. So I'll just be like, what do you want to watch? And he'll just kind of like look at me and I'll just start rattling off things to watch. And when his ears perk up, I'm like, all right, we'll watch that. That's weird. Lately, it's been friends. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Oh, which I have to say, we will not be doing a friends podcast. That show is not that good. Like. Matthew Perry makes it for me. He's easily the best character. But, like, in the first season, they, like, will just randomly have, like, a monkey just, like, do a little bit. And it's like, monkey! And I'm like, it's this is, like, quote-unquote, the best sitcom of all time. It's, like, one of the most popular shows ever. And in the first season, they had to resort to, like, a fucking monkey for laughs. It's, like, it's the 90s. It's not... I don't know. Seinfeld was on during the same time. They never was, like, monkey! Yeah, but I I don't know. Seinfeld was like different. It was like I feel like Seinfeld was like its own brand of humor. Friends is very sitcom humor. Son asks if Jin had any family photos, and Jin says that they did not have a camera when he was growing up. Son is shocked that they have no photos, and asks if she got if he got anything from his father when he died. Jin lies, saying that he was in the army when he died. And Sun says that his father died when he was 16. Jin says that she must have misunderstood. He was in the army. And he asks where this is coming from. And Sun says it is nothing and that she is sorry. And then Jin says that the soup is getting cold. This was the moment where I was like, you could argue that like shades of like bad Jin are coming out when he's just like kind of like shutting her down and saying like, no, you've misunderstood and. But even then, I feel like it's just he clearly doesn't want to talk about his dad, and she's pushing, so he just kind of got defensive. Oh, yeah, that didn't really bother me. So the one thing that I'm confused about, and it's never really elaborated on, unless I'm misremembering, is Jin, like, lying about the timeline, or was he just never in the army? I didn't actually fully, because obviously it's, like, subtitled, I don't think that I fully understood it. So I, I can't answer that question. He he says, like, I was in the army when my father died. And Jin says, no, you said your father died when you were 16. You couldn't have been in the army. And he says, no, you're misremembering. I was in the army. So obviously his father's not dead. So he probably just picked a random time to say that that's when he died. But like, based yeah, off of that's, later that's events. That's what I would think. Based off of later events in this episode, I have to imagine Jin was in the army because he was just like too skilled in combat and knows his way around a gun. And I know that he worked for Peck, but like, I can't imagine he got that good. I wouldn't see a reason why he would make up the army thing. So I would say yes. And he just forgot what made up timeline he had set. Yeah. For the death. That makes sense. As Sun helps Kate with her tent, she asks what happened to Jack when he was with the others because he is acting differently. Kate says that Jack said he was basically a prisoner and only cooperated so that he could go home. Sun asks if she believes him, and Kate asks why she would not. Sun says that he came to her asking about her pregnancy. 
Sun then speculates that the others may want her baby and that he was with them for a week. Who knows if Jack is working for them? And I will say, she might be jumping the gun a little bit here. Jack is a doctor, and he did the same thing with Claire. Yeah, but maybe she just has a sense that something's wrong. I mean, she was kind of right, just because of like the whole thing with Juliet. Kate says that Jack is not working for the others, and Sun asks if she knows something. And then Kate looks at Juliet and tells Sun everything. How Juliet was their fertility specialist, and the reason they wanted Aaron was for research. So Sun marches down to Juliet, even though Kate tries to stop her, and tells Juliet she wants to know about her research. More specifically, what happens to pregnant women on the island. Juliet asks if she is pregnant and if she is sure... And Sun says everyone else may be okay with her joining the camp and eating their food, but she wants answers. She asks what the others are doing on the island, why they are taking children, and again, what happens to pregnant women on the island. And Juliet tells her that they all die. Kate pulls Sun away and gives Juliet major stink eye. You wanted to know. Dad watched some of this episode with me. He, uh, he piped in and said, Juliet clearly has never taken any sort of communication course. And I was just like, well, what was she supposed to say? And he says, oh, clearly you're upset. And I, I unfortunately don't know how to tell you this, but uh, pregnant women die on the island. I can't, I don't know how. Um, and if I do, I can't tell you for another season, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. I think this might be a hard episode for Hottie of the Week because I think there's a lot of contenders. And I think that Sun threw her hat in the ring with this moment here, just kind of like, no, just no. like de- demanding answers and like pushing no. past the bullshit. Really? No. Wow. No. Not a contender at all or just not this scene? Not a contender. There was one Hottie in my mind. I didn't consider anyone else. Okay, I'm really thinking here. I don't think Sawyer was in this episode. I'm not going to tell you until the end. Even if you guess it. The woman is now speaking Chinese. Charlie suggests that they pull the branch out, and Desmond says that it will just make it worse. Charlie asks if he forgot what is at stake, or if he had another flash of someone getting shot in the neck. And Desmond reminds him that she came looking for him, meaning he knows better than the rest of them. Can I make a guess of what I think one of your quick bits is going to be? Yes. I'm really hoping that later you're going to give me a translation of what Parachute Girlie says when she's speaking Italian. I'm just making that guess. No, they, Mikhail says she's speaking Italian. Oh, he he translates that part. No, but there's something that happens. So that's, I'm not right. No, you are right. It's just that language that she was speaking during that scene was Portuguese. Okay, but later, because she says something, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, I'll get, I'll, I'll say it later. You're right. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Desmond tries to leave, but they stop him when Mikhail comes running out of the jungle, very much not dead. That was a gasp moment for me. Did not see that coming. Never even considered that he wasn't dead. Well, I mean, he looked pretty mangled. Okay, so I was going to ask this a little bit later on, but uh, how is that he's alive? I mean, I guess your ears can bleed and you can just be fine. The island has healing powers 
it's not like we had definitive proof that he was dead. He just passed out and his ears were bleeding. You mean ruptured? It could have just been like really, really intense sound waves that ruptured his eardrums and made him pass out. But they and they were just like, well, he had a brain hemorrhage. He's dead, but like he's fine. He did foam at the mouth too. Oh, I forgot about that. That's fine. It could have been a seizure. I don't know. It does beg the question, you mean to tell me of the four of them, no one thought to check his pulse? Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, I guess they were just like, whatever. Problem solved. Mikhail takes off running into the jungle and Jin goes after him. We get a chase scene and then a fight scene and Jin honestly kicks his ass. Charlie and Desmond eventually catch up and they pin him to a tree. Desmond asks who he is and Charlie tells him that he is the other from the flame. Hurley points out the obvious that he's supposed to be dead, and then Desmond threatens to shoot him with the flare gun. And Mikhail says, he has already died once this week. The woman then calls for help, this time in Italian. Mikhail says he understands her, and that he was a field medic in the Soviet Union. Desmond pushes him to her. Mikhail points out that her lung has filled with blood, and he can save her, but they must let him go. And Desmond asks what he needs. Who would win in a fistfight? Jin or Saeed? I mean, haven't we already watched this happen? We watched Jin beat the shit out of Michael and Saeed drag him off him. Oh, that's right. I think... Oh, that's hard. Which, in retrospect, my, go Jin. My my gut says Saeed, but I actually think Jin. Why? I don't know. There's no science behind this. Would you have trusted Mikhail? No. No? Oh, to save her? Yeah. Yeah, but I'd hold a gun to his head the whole time. Or flare gun. That. Dad made a joke. He was like, uh, I'm going to kill him with some flare. <laughs> That's a dad joke. Yeah. Back at the beach, Sun watches Claire tend to Aaron. And honestly, honestly, we have got to stop underutilizing Claire in this show. I, I get that Son and Kate are like close and friends or whatever, but maybe have Son hang out with the pregnant or the, the mother every now and then. Someone that might relate to her a little bit. The only scene in this entire episode that has a lot to do with pregnancy, the only scene we get of Claire is her getting looked at while holding her baby. I feel like you're really hot on this topic and I'm just, it's not that deep. It just bothers me that they don't use Claire at all. Maybe it's just something to put to do with the actress. Like she probably wasn't getting paid as much. They won't. They don't pay her as much because they're not using her. Yeah, what, you know, tomato, tomato. Hey, pay your actors. Here's my uh, crazy prediction for seven weeks from now. SAG-AFTA and the fucking conglomerate finally come to a resolution that's fair to the actors. I thought that already happened. That was the WGA. The strike is still very much going. What do I know? We get a flashback where Sun walks down a dock and finds Mr. Kwan, who is thrilled to see her and knows who she is. He makes her tea in his home and asks about the wedding. She says it was the happiest day of her life, and Kwan assumes it was Jin's too. Sun asks why he was not at the wedding, and Mr. Kwan asks what Jin said. Sun says he said that he was dead and asked why he would say that. 
Quan says it was to avoid the shame of where he came from. And Sun asks if that was why he told Jin that his mother died when he was a baby. Mr. Quan pours something a little stronger than tea and tells her that his mother was with many men and left Jin with no one to raise him. He says he was not sure that he was even his father, but who else would take care of him? Then he wipes his hand and touches her face, saying that she is beautiful, and it pleases him to meet her, but he can never tell Jin that they met or that his mother is alive. He asks her to do this for him, not to let him suffer the shame, and Sun agrees. Thoughts? I just love Jin's dad. You had a note that was a prediction about this flashback storyline. Oh, yeah. During this part, I realized that the bench bitch is Jin's mom. Yeah, because I'm very smart. <laughs> See, I just did. I am going to go ahead and give Mr. Kwan MVP. He didn't do much, but he's just so goddamn wholesome and selfless. And I wish he was on the show more. Later at night, Juliet sneaks into Sun's tent and wakes her up by covering her mouth. The others really love doing that. She says that she has answers to her questions, but she has to come with her now. Just the two of them. Sun says that if what she said is true, she is dead, so why should she go with her? And Juliet says that there may be hope and offers her hand. At this point, should Sun trust her? I mean, I'm really holding out hope that Juliet is good. So I'm saying yes. Even though there's a lot of evidence that she should. Right. your son in this scenario and you don't really know juliet but you've heard things about her and but jack brought her back and you know jack's the leader even though you don't like him would you have gone i would go yeah they make their way through the jungle and son asks where they are going juliet tells her about the staff and son says that kate and claire said it was abandoned and juliet says that's because they did not know where to look or the writers were like we'll just say that yeah that's what i'm going with Sun asks what she's going to do, and Juliet says she's going to perform an ultrasound to determine the date of conception. Roll credits. If she got pregnant off-island, then she and the baby will probably be okay. But if she got pregnant here, then they'll cross that bridge later. Juliet asks when the last time she and Jin had sex, and Sun does not want to talk about it. Juliet says that she just wants to determine when she may have gotten pregnant. And Sun says that's what the machine will do, so let's talky more walkie i just feel like it would be weird to talk about your sex life with a total stranger uh with anybody really anybody anybody you don't tell like your girlfriends about your sex life i don't have one virgin right (laughs) you are my brother stop speaking we get another flashback as sun goes to peck automotive and climbs up the long staircase to see her father now i'm not smart enough to know what that staircase symbolized. But I know the fact that it was like long and she took a second to look up at it. That meant something. So Mel, please help me out here. She interrupts Peck yelling at three men who then congratulate her on her wedding and leave. Peck asks why she's visiting and Sun says that she needs a favor. She needs money. No questions asked. Peck says, why would he give her money with no explanation? And Sun says for her entire life, She has pretended not to know what he does, allow him to control her, and pretended that everything was okay. And she will continue to do this as long as she gets the money, no questions asked. 
Peck says they do not live in a world where no questions will be asked. And Sun then immediately caves and says that she's doing this to keep someone she loves from experiencing great shame. And Peck realizes that she needs Jin. Peck opens a safe and stuffs cash into an envelope and says Jin is the one who will pay the debt for this favor. He now works for him. Then Sun stares at the money and then her father and takes it and leaves. This was an interesting scene for me because, you know, working for her father in the capacity that he does later is what kind of turns him into this monster. And I've done a lot of shit talking about that version of Jin. I still don't think, you know, domino effect and all that, but at some point you have to be held accountable for your own actions and, you know, so eh, wishy-washy on that. But it is interesting. And, and for me, because I have, you know, the knowledge of what happens after, I'm like, don't take the fucking money. Like, you guys can get through this. But I understand there's cultural differences here and, and you know, shame and all of that is very different for them. So I guess I, I can't comment on it, but it's like knowing what happens later, I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. In an effort to protect him, she damned him. And that kind of right. sucks. Yeah, it's just kind of like, okay, the options going forward, if it's this is a fork in the road, he can end up working for her father and become, you know, very, very angry and verging on abusive and, and all this stuff. Or he could have found out that his mom was a prostitute. And I just don't think that's that big of a deal but for like, me personally. Yeah, but like... And I don't I don't think this was really ever thought about by the writers, but like there could be cultural implications. Like if word got out that he was the son of a prostitute. Yeah, maybe, for sure. Maybe Peck was like, we're not letting that fly. That for sure. That could definitely be at play here. And I think there's a lot of cultural stuff at play here. But that's why I'm saying, in my opinion, I'm like, just deal with the backlash of that. But she obviously doesn't know what's going to come of him working for her father. Of course, if you believe Locke, all roads lead to the island. So it was supposed to be a situation where Jin turns into a monster so that their marriage could be saved. Sure. Mikhail asks if the woman had anything on her, and Hurley immediately says that she had a radio phone. And Charlie Charlie did not annoy me in this episode at all. I'll just go ahead and say that now. The moment of him just staring at Hurley... And just, like, giving him the disapproving shake of the head was so funny to me. Because <laughs> he's just like, why would you say that? There was something else that Charlie did in this episode that I liked, and I can't remember. Mikhail asks if it works, and Charlie says, like I tell you. <laughs> Mikhail says that one of them must help, and Desmond volunteers. He tells him to wipe away as much blood as he can, and then stabs her in the chest with a tube to let out the air. And it it's gurgling. That was very loud. <laughs> he then rips out the branch and they wrap the wound. And then she starts speaking in Portuguese. And Desmond asks what she said. And Mikhail lies, saying that she said thank you. What did she actually say? Because I knew he was lying. Do you have a theory before I tell you? I, I would assume she was like something about why she's there or how she got there or anything like that. Do you want me to tell you? Because if you don't speak Portuguese, you're not supposed to know. Is it a spoiler if you tell me? 
yes and no. I think you can draw this conclusion on your own. Don't tell me, but maybe tell me, save it for flashback. If it, if the thing that it would spoil is going to be revealed by flashback, maybe tell me then. It's it's kind of revealed in this episode. I'll just tell you. It's not a oh, spoiler. Okay. She says, I am not alone. That was not revealed in this episode. I mean, it makes sense that she's not by herself. <laughs> you can't fly a helicopter around without having somewhere to land. Ah, oh, that's a big spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. Yes, it is. I wish you hadn't said that. Why would you say that to me? Oh, my God. Well, let's just pretend like you spoke Portuguese. Oh, God. I'm really annoyed now. At the staff, Juliet and Sun have arrived and they enter through the hatch door. Sun is creeped out by the spooky vibes and asks Juliet why she is doing this, why she is helping her. And Juliet says that once upon a time, she told women that they were pregnant and it was the happiest news of her life. And then she came to the island where it was a death sentence. She says that she has lost nine patients in the last three years and she is helping her so she can tell her that she got pregnant with Jin before she came to the island because she wants to give good news again. Then Sun tells her that she slept with another man and Juliet is very relatable when someone just unloads like that. She says, oh, which made me laugh. So part of the nature of my job is that People just trauma dump on me all the time. Oh. And that's that's pretty pretty relatable for me because I have had parents just say stuff to me that is so out of pocket. And I'm like, oh, oh, what do you say? What do you say? You know, I sell insurance. I try to sell a life policy to a man that he's that said he had uh four kids the other day. And, you know, we have specific training and questions that we're supposed to ask to make people realize that they need these policies on their own. And one of the questions I asked was, what does your household look like if God forbid something happens to you and in your income stops coming in? And he says, probably pretty rough. Wouldn't want to be them. (laughs) (laughs) I just said, Oh, son explains that she and Jin were having problems and she had a friend She then says it was a mistake, and Juliet says we all make mistakes. Sun asks which way, and Juliet leads them to a locker room, pulls a secret lever that opens a door to reveal the hidden room. And Sun asks why it's hidden, and Juliet tells her not to worry about it. And she demands an answer, and Juliet tells her that this is where they brought the women to die. Thoughts? Fun times. My issue is, I, I just think that the reason the room was hidden is because it wasn't shown the first time we went to the staff. Not because we brought the women to die. Because while we don't know anything about why what is causing women to die when they're pregnant on the island, I have to imagine that if the Dharma Initiative was like looking into this problem, they wouldn't be like, hidden room. Yeah, the hidden room is clearly just what you said. I, you know, whatever. Mikhail says to keep the wound clean and she will be better in a day. Charlie questions him, saying that her lung was punctured. Mikhail says the rules on the island are a bit different, but maybe it'll be a day and a half. Have you just accepted that the island is like heal fast? Magnets. Hmm. The magnet went boom. Oh. Yeah. Magnets. Okay. I'm not sure. He says he did... He did as he promised, and Charlie says we cannot be serious about letting him go. 
Desmond says that they have to make a stretcher and carry the woman. How will they take a prisoner? Charlie says to give him some rope and he will take responsibility. Jin then realizes that the phone is missing and chases after Mikhail. And Desmond tells him to stop, but Jin grabs him and reveals that he took the phone. Charlie asks if he really took it, and Mikhail says he would not have respected me if I did not try. Okay, I'll just say it now. Jin is hottie of the week. There it is. This was the scene that just was like, absolutely. But it was really all of it. It was it was flashbacks, island. He, he just was great. You want to hear something that might ruin this moment for you? Ew, what? When Jin grabbed the phone from Mikhail, Dad said, but when did he grab it? And I said, well, it must have happened off screen. And he's like, aren't they pointing a gun at this guy the entire time? Yeah, but he's he's skilled. I believe it. I'm not going to question that. No, because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, 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 no. I am the one that nitpicks on this show and I say, leave it. Okay. Leave it. Leave it. Yes. I had a clicker, but I actually wish that our training was yes instead of the clicker because you don't always have the clicker with you. I mean, we say yes, and I use the click. We were supposed to use the clicker for uh, loose leash training, but I will say driving in the car today, I was just holding the clicker and Kate was like, you look very handsome today. And I clicked it. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Charlie threatens to take Mikhail's other eye and Desmond tells him to let him go. Charlie says that it is a mistake letting the others go and they cannot keep doing this. And Desmond says that they gave him their word and then tells Mikhail to leave. But Mikhail gives Charlie a smile and then disappears into the jungle. But is Charlie right? I agreed with, I think, Desmond in this scene because of mostly because of the logistics of it. Like they've got to get her back to camp. That's He's not the priority. Like you said, how are you going to get an unconscious person and a prisoner. It's just going to cause more trouble than it's worth. Just let him go. The others are everywhere. One guy, one little other, just let him go. With the information of this woman? Yeah, but like, I I don't know. I mean, I just don't think it would have been possible. Like, Mikhail, also, I'd like to say, I didn't put it in my notes, but um when the girl kept switching languages i actually thought mikhail seems like the type of person who knows a lot of languages and i was right well he was a soviet union soldier so i feel like it it would make sense to like that doesn't mean shit to me that means he knows russian and obviously he knows english but i was like you know he's sitting there and he knows he does all that computer shit he just seems like someone who who's like multilingual and he Mm. was so on the option of prisoner and letting him go with all of the intel, you say let him go. I say let him go because they need to deal with Parachute Girly. Can I guess her name? Sure. Is it something I'd be able to guess? Yes. Define something you're able to get. It's a name. Oh, yeah, but like if... Like, she's obviously not white. So I'm saying, like, my brain, I'm just going to populate mostly white names. Well, you heard her accent. British? Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. Just because somebody is, like, 
raised in England doesn't mean that they they're not gonna have like a culturally approach culturally specific name. You know what I'm saying? True. Naveen Andrews is British and his name is Naveen. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So look, is it a white a name white people use or not? I have not met any. Interesting. It's I'm a very gonna... pretty name. I'm not gonna try to guess then. Okay. My brain. You want me to give you a letter? Yeah, letter. N. Oh, I just thought Nadia, but we already have a Nadia. It's not Nadia. Natalia, because that's one of my favorite names. Good guess. Is that it? Nope. Tell me if I'm right. No? No. Am I like close though? Well, it does start with an N. Okay, <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, you... you got the first two letters right. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to guess base <laughs> version. I'm not going to be able to guess beyond that. You find out before the series finale, that's for sure. <laughs> is it a name that you think I've heard before? Yes. I'll consider. I'll continue to ponder. Here, I mean, let me just Google to see if this is like a common name at all. I was like, well, can you think of other characters in shows or movies that I've watched that would have this same name? Also, has that actress been in anything I've watched? Because she looks really familiar. Yeah, she was the mom in Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. You're kidding. I know, right? Classic. Speaking of which, I looked that up on IMDb. Not a good rating. But it's so good. How many syllables is the name? Your chin dipped three times when you were trying to cover your mouth. So I'm going to guess three. Yeah. Wow, this is this is actually really funny because I'm looking at all like the... Did you watch 90210? No. Did you watch Supernatural? No. Oh, did you watch Death Note? Yes, but I don't remember a single character's name. Well, the only one, only other thing that I know from this list that you've seen you don't like, but Wolf of Wall Street. No, no, a single character's name in that yeah, either. Then, then you won't get it. Apparently, it's not a commonly used name in fiction. Okay. One of the examples that, like, immediately popped up was this character. Got it. Hmm. I think it's a pretty name, though. I think what we're forgetting here when we're talking about this name is there's a third option. They could just kill Mikhail. Oh, they could. But I think I've said it before. You have to have some semblance of civility on this island and honor system. He helped their girl. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. He did. He did what he did and just let him go. Maybe like tie him to a tree. Knock him out. You said him, that last time. time. No, just just go, just stop. Like honestly, the the less the honestly, the fewer things you do to upset the others, the better. I think. Son tells Juliet that the baby is not Jin's. She tells her that a doctor told her that Jin is sterile, and Juliet says that on the island, the average male sperm count is five times than it is at home, which apparently is sixty to eighty million. So wrap it up, gents. Okay. She asks Sun if she is ready, and Sun asks if she will see the baby, and Juliet says maybe, but it's early. Sun asks how it works, and Juliet says that she's going to take a measurement to learn the DOC and who the father is. Sun says that either way, she's going to lose. If she's going to live, then the baby is not Jin's. And Juliet asks if she wants to do this, and she says yes. So, if you're Sun, what's the better answer here? That's really hard, because... I feel like she wants it to be Jin's and, and she's really happy that it's Jin's. And you could you could still be rescued, maybe, you know? I I think 
this was the better answer for her, but from more of a logical perspective, the better answer would have been that it's, what's his name? The guy who committed sewer slide and was not pushed? The guy that was probably pushed, yes. Jay Lee. Jay Lee, yeah. Um, I think it being Jay Lee's and then either just lie to Jin or, you know, figure that out later and don't die, you know? But I, I think I'm happy for her, even though, you know, it's, it's not going to be a great outcome. I think this is what she wanted. In the next flashback, Jin returns home and asks Sun why she did not visit him at work. And Sun lies saying that she did not want to disturb him. And still husband of the year, Jin says that she would never be a disturbance. He asks if she got the mail and she says no. And he asks where the key is. It's in her purse. And the second she realizes her mistake, it's too late. Jin found the money. He asks what it's for. And she says it's from her father. Jin asks why. And she says it's for furniture and a nice honeymoon. Quick on her feet, that son. Jin says that he can provide for her. He knows it's going to take a little bit longer, but it will happen and he will pay for it. He will always take care of her. And Sun says that she knows and Jin says to give it back so they are not more in debt with her father than they already are. Sun takes it and tells him that she loves him. He asks if she loves him madly and she says yes. Then they kiss and she puts the money back in her purse. I know it's dated. And obviously there's like a cultural aspect to it. But I love this scene because Jin's like, I'll provide for you. We don't need your father's money. I wish a man would say that to me. Okay. At this point, do you think that she should have put it back still? I thought like from the beginning that she shouldn't pay this lady. But like I said, I think there's cultural things at play. So I just, I don't know. What do you think Jin would have done if she would have come clean and told him everything at this point? I don't know. Maybe I think at this point he was still kind of a rational person. So he would have been like really upset, but I think he would have been like, it's going to be okay. The thing is like, I don't really think she cares if people know. I think she mainly cares about if Jin knows because he is a man of honor and everything like that. And he's clearly ashamed of his father. I know you are a man of honor. I'm so sorry to bother you at home, but I don't But know. I don't know where to go. Kate at our karaoke night said that we should duet that song. <laughs> My husband's <laughs> beating me, mistreating me. I just want to be uh, James Reynolds. Uh-oh, you made the wrong sucker a cuckold. Oh, I need to re-listen to that soundtrack. Or just watch the movie. No, I like to listen to it. Mm. I love that he sounds like a frog. Yeah. Mm. I love singing that song because ever since I've seen the TikToks making fun of him, because that's like one of my favorite songs. It's like, mm, Philip, you outshine the morning sun, my sun. Every time we drive somewhere long distance and I drive, I'm always like, driver controls the radio. <laughs> and I normally can't even make it to intermission before Andrew's like, please, please, <laughs> anything else. Because not only do I play it, but I sing it at full volume. First of all, intermission is, it's not like you're like a couple songs in. It's half the movie. Yeah, I know. Second of all, that that moment right there. First of all, that song is great because Leslie Odom Jr. is fantastic. And yeah. uh, Lin-Manuel, not so much. Yeah. But I, I love the part where he says, Philip, you outshine the morning sun, comma, my son. And then he says, look at my son. 
So he says son three times in a row. It's a great use of rhyming. It's almost as good as when Taylor Swift rhymed cruel summer with ooh ah. <laughs> Look, who are we to criticize two lyrical geniuses, in my opinion? No, you're absolutely right. More talent and dandruff than we will ever see in our lives combined. Yeah. But it needs to be said. I will say Lin-Manuel is very talented at writing, not so much at the singing. I think he's fine. I think just, you know, it's not, you know, whatever. I, whatever. I love don't, him. Just don't make yourself the lead singer in every production you make. <laughs> Son sees her baby on the monitor. They laugh and she asks if it's a boy or girl. And Juliet says it's early, but points at the heartbeat. She says it's strong and healthy. And then she calculates the, the date of conception. She says it was roughly 53 days ago, which would have put them on day 37 after the crash. She begins to cry and Julia apologizes, saying that she will do whatever she can. But these are tears of joy because Jin is the father. Okay. When I was watching this, I was like, hold up. Hey. I, need a, I need a breakdown. When did she say the date of conception was? Day what? 37. Day... 37. Mm-hmm. And do you know roughly the episode where she's like, I'm pregnant? Roughly when was that? And what day are they on now? Uh, day, Today is day 90. The whole truth spans days 60 through 61. Okay, here's my question. When we made that episode, I was like dead set that Jin could not be the father because I was like, that doesn't make sense. The timeline doesn't make sense. Unless, son, oh, I, I, here's what I'm going to say. Because as I watched the episode, I was like, wait, this it's not sounding that crazy. But I remember being adamant that it was wrong. But this, this is from date of conception to day of her positive pregnancy test, 24 days. The earliest that you're going to know, I, I guess, would be right there. But it would have to be that, like, she missed, like, she's so regular with her period that she missed one day and she was like, I must be pregnant. Because what was it in that episode that made her think she was pregnant? Was she, like, sick? He looked sick. I guess some people have morning sickness or it's, you know, that's what's referred to. But some people get the nausea at four weeks, but not typically. Typically, you're going to see that, like, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. It, it would literally have to be that she's like, I know I'm supposed to start my period today and I didn't. And that's so I'm still going to nitpick that. But now my question, when she's saying date of conception, because here's the thing about pregnancy. When you're saying someone is four weeks long, six weeks long, whatever, technically the first two weeks in that timeline, you're not even pregnant. They start it from the first day of your last period because of your cycle because that's when your body is preparing for pregnancy do you get what i'm saying so sure. so say on the first of the month you have your period and then you ovulate on the 14th and that's when you get pregnant by the 28th you're considered four weeks pregnant even though you've only technically been pregnant for two weeks that's just how they calculate the timeline. That sounds just not right, though. It's confusing, but that's what it is. 
because say like if you if you're just getting it on all the time you might not know when you conceived but they just go from the first day of your last period that's how they calculate it so like a 40 week pregnancy is a typical pregnancy but it's really only 38 weeks anyway what i'm saying is when she's saying date of conception is that she's saying that first day of the last period or is she actually saying date of conception because date of con- conception to 24 24- well, actually, that would make maybe even more sense. Okay, it's fine. Okay. Before you said that, I was going to be like, I'm going to nitpick too. And I just want to remind you that the two showrunners of the show are men. So they don't know that. This was also 2004. But let's just say that she's saying day 37 was the day they had sex that led to her getting pregnant. Uh huh. That would mean she got pregnant. Sometime around the episodes of season one, 18 and 19, otherwise known as Numbers and Des Ex Machina, which also happens to be one or two episodes after in translation, where it's revealed that Sun can speak English and they don't talk anymore. So it doesn't make sense. Okay, but let me let me give you even more science. If. Because conception happens when egg meets sperm. But sperm can live in the body up to five days. So technically, they could have got it on on day 33. And then her the egg arrives. The sperm meets it. Hello, baby is made. Technically, it's still possible. If, if they did it right, right before they fought. Now, here's the thing. I could be wrong about all this, but I know I'm not. I, I work with pregnant women. I know I'm not. But if there, if there's any like nurses listening, don't correct me. I don't want to know. <laughs> Devin. Yeah, and Devin was was labor and delivery nurse. Anyway, so it, it is actually possible, and I I have to retroactively say sorry because I was really mad at the show. I was like, there's literally no way, but it is technically possible. I I just don't think it works because I don't get the vibe that they were Smexin before he left on the raft. It seems like their entire time on the island together, they were like not at that place. They wanted it. I feel like when they when he comes back from the raft and they all come out of the tent all happy, like they want the viewers to think that that's when they conceived. And that makes literally no sense. And I yeah. think maybe that's why I was so mad is because I was thinking, well, that's when they want us to think it happened. But that timeline... That does not work. I knew it was supposed to be in season one. I just didn't realize that the math that Juliet did puts it after their fight. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The the only way that it would work is if like the date of conception is actually the date that she ovulated because ovulation is like a window, but the egg is only actually viable for one day. But she's not going like, okay, she's like measuring the baby and being like, okay, this is how many weeks pregnant you are. And then just backdating it. Uh-huh. So when you do that calculation, you figure out when your last period was? Well, I mean, I'm son didn't give her that information, but it's like, if you know, because- that's the thing is she didn't get that information. And I think that is actually something that she needed to know. But you can still tell by the size of the baby. I think like it might have been long more. It is. I feel like if it got to the point where it's like, OK, this could be either before or after the crash. We're talking about a month into the crash at this point. That really wasn't going to be a factor. 
But this early on, I, I think that you can tell by the size of the fetus how far along she is. Like the thing is, it's it goes by cycles. It's like she either got pregnant in this cycle or that cycle, and that's a four week difference. So yeah, they're gonna be able to tell. Yeah, w- right. Where I'm, I'm saying like it makes sense that Juliet didn't like ask for it because one, I don't think Sun was gonna like give that information up. Well, no, I don't think because she's been on the island for 90 days if she conceived off island then she would have never had a period on the island that's information right there now so not everybody's regular so that just getting into you know the female body is very complex and really no one has ever mentioned a period on this island that is such a good point maybe the the true magic of this island is that nobody gets a period i'd move there didn't that happen in yellow jackets I didn't watch that. Mm. Nope. Happened in Carmilla. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, Don't moving care. on. Carmilla's a great show. So we get a flashback of Sun returning to the park and meeting the woman. She gives her the money and asks why she did not tell her that she is Jin's mother. Congratulations. Aha. She says that she gave birth to him, but that does not make her his mother. Sun asks if she knows how powerful her family is and then tells her that Jin believes that she is dead. Do not force me to make that a reality. And then she leaves. So you were right, obviously, other than like, haha, did you have a reaction at all to the reveal? No, I was just like, well, she sucks. Thoughts on this darker side of sun? Oh, I liked it. If ever there's a time to exploit that your dad is like a crime boss, it's now. Honestly, I thought sun might give Jin a run for hottie of the week this week just because she demands information from Juliet. she confronts her father and like pulls the i'm gonna pretend like this is all hunky-dory but i know it's not and then she threatens this woman i thought you might just be like badass i don't know i just never that part was very badass i really liked that part but i think the stuff with her dad was eh, it's fine they leave the staff and son ask how long she has and Juliet says that most of them make it to the middle of the second trimester, but no one has made it to the third. Sun realizes that she has two months, and she says that she is happy that the baby is Jin's and that Juliet gave her good news. Juliet says that it was her pleasure, but she's going to go back inside and make sure they covered their tracks. Sun decides to wait outside, but she thanks Juliet. Once inside, Juliet finds a tape recorder and a locker and leaves a message for Ben. She tells him that Sun is pregnant and that Jin was sterile before coming to the island. She says she is working on getting the other samples, specifically naming Kate, and says she will report back when she knows more. Then she stops the tape and says that she hates him before leaving the recorder in the lock. Lot to dive into. Actually, that just reminded me of something that I thought back in the scene where Sun confronts Juliet. The main thing I was thinking in that scene was okay son you know the others take children and they took claire when she was pregnant why would you reveal that you're pregnant i wouldn't did she though yeah juliet when she when son walks up and she's like what happens to pregnant women blah 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 juliet goes you're pregnant but she she never says yes okay duh it's obvious so that's what i was thinking i was like don't reveal that you're pregnant. If, you, if you're so distrusting of the others for all the n- reasons that you named, why would you let them know? Because now you're going to be the target. Well, according to Jack, Juliet's changed. 
Well, but Sun didn't believe that. I'm saying from Sun's perspective, it doesn't make sense. But from Sun's perspective, she also thinks that Jack might be a traitor. Therefore, the others would already know because he knew before he left. Yeah, maybe. But now I think I think I had already said when we find out that Juliet was like on a little mission that I, I was like, oh, it's, gonna, you know, something along these lines. But the her saying, like, I hate you. I'm really hoping that that's going to play into my theory of, you know, she's not really going to go through with it. That She's going to end up on the right side. Go through with what? I don't know. Because I don't know what they're doing. What what samples? Samples? Like, you know, God. swab the cooch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm hoping whatever it is that she's going to end up being good. Okay. couple questions for you here. Number one, why are Ben and the others so fixated on this pregnant women are dying thing? Because they want to be like a what's the word cult no like they want to be able to grow and stay on the island and be the word like self-sustaining is coming to mind but i i don't know if that's the right thing to say um especially if they're not able to go and return from the island they need to be able to reproduce on island but i know that was a problem later i i understand that but now it could be an even bigger problem now we really need to figure out how to make life on this island because you know whatever or here's here's like an out there theory maybe whatever's going on in this island is you know with the healing and and all the the voodoo shit is like it's not natural it's something that they have done but the one problem with it is that you can't reproduce and they want to take this this phenomenon or technology or jacobism worldwide but then they'll make everybody not be able to reproduce. So they're like, we have to solve it on this island level before we can, can sell it or whatever, you know, <laughs> mass produce. But only women, because men are actually more fertile. Yeah. Another yeah. perk of being a man. Hell yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't, it, men being more fertile doesn't help anything. It just gets more women pregnant and then they die. Yeah, the fact that she was like, I've lost nine patients. It's like, damn, they must really have not been fucking in those three years. Well, I mean, it's not that many. Uh, whatever. So you don't know how many women are on the Yeah, island. I don't. And maybe they're all on birth control. So, yeah, that's. Okay, question two. Is anyone else pregnant? From our camp? Yeah. I guess Kate and Sawyer got it on. Sawyer seems like the guy that. Doesn't take chances, if you know what I mean. He had syphilis. Okay. That can happen. I, I'm trying to be polite about... <laughs> Do you think he had a condom in the cage? No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think anybody else is pregnant. That's Because who else, like, nobody else aside from Kate and Sawyer, right? Oh, Claire and Charlie, probably. And we know that someone was cuddling up to Steve. Yeah, but who cares? There's other women they could have been having sex. Yeah, but nameless characters aren't going to be a plot point. Like, it would have been, what's what's her face? Razzle Dazzle Bitch. Yes. Let's forget her name. I'm just going to assume nobody else is pregnant. Are you a little more understanding of the treatment of Carl now with everything that you have learned about what happens to pregnant women? Who the fuck is Carl? (laughs) Alex's boyfriend? What does that have to do with anything? Like they 
threw them in a cage and they kept the two of them apart. Oh, because they're afraid of Alex getting pregnant. Yeah. That makes sense. No, I would have never made that connection on my own. I think they do like straight up say it at some point, but I they thought just you need might to put be getting everybody on an IUD in that island. Mm. Although people have gotten pregnant on an IUD, just very low chances. Come on, kids! Everyone knows abstinence is the only way to not get pregnant. Totally. Charlie tells Desmond that they should have killed Mikhail. He will return with more others. Desmond says, by his count, they have killed more others than others have killed them. And I got really mad at Desmond for this because I did the math and I want it to be known. We're not including the tailies in this equation because I don't know how many others. I know that they killed three during the original raids and then you got Goodwin, but like that's all unrelated. Okay. By my count, survivors that have been killed by the others, Scott, Ana Lucia, Libby, others that have been killed by survivors. Ethan, Colleen. That's three to two. Well, it depends on if Desmond is counting Ana Lucia and Libby as an others killing because Michael did that. I understand that he was manipulated by the others, but he's technically not another. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because they kidnapped a kid. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a stupid point regardless because every other that has been killed has been killed in self-defense. Like they killed Scott just just killed him and they would have killed claire the same way they also left charlie in a tree true charlie was supposed to die i love he's he's literally like you've killed more of them he he literally left me in a tree you fucker and let's also not forget the fact that they kidnapped alex as a baby so desmond i love desmond really pissed me off with this also him saying you have killed more of them than they have killed of you you're part of this community, Desmond. These are your people now. Don't pretend like just because little parachute girl knows who Penny is, you're better than them. Charlie says that the others started it. And Charlie says that just because Juliet is there does not mean they can start trusting the others. Then Hurley uses the satellite phone to call his mom, which, relatable. What? No? Some giant minor inconvenience has happened you don't immediately call your mom mom i've been in a car accident what do i do no he called his mom well he he has a satellite phone he dialed his her number probably puts it up and says mom oh i missed that it didn't go through i i just didn't even see that happen now that i've explained it to you you're allowed to laugh at my joke Uh (laughs) uh-huh When the woman comes to, she asks where she is and Hurley says that she's on an island and asks if she is there to rescue them. She asks who he is and he tells her that he is a survivor of Oceanic Flight 815. She questions him about the usage of that number and she says that is not possible because they found the plane and there were no survivors. They were all dead. And that is how the episode ends. That's bonkers. That's crazy. Why? What does that mean? First of all, they were all dead the whole time. Shut the this, fuck up. this is purgatory. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I now it's like this whole conspiracy. What they they put a fake ass plane out there full of fake ass people. I don't I don't understand. The plane is here. So how how 
fake reports. It's all a conspiracy. When when the plane landed here and they figured out with the flight information, you know, the, the others did some some spooky government shit. And then it was reported to the media that the plane was found and everybody on board was dead. And, you know, that was it. They probably doctored some photos and, you know, and then they told people, oh, the, the remains were we're burnt up. Sorry, we cannot provide remains to your loved ones. And that's that. Burnt up how? Uh, the plane crashed and it caught on fire. In the ocean? Oh, they said it. Well, they didn't say it crashed in the ocean, but I guess it would have, right? <laughs> okay. I was. I guess I was not thinking that through. Oh, the remains could not be recovered because mm. sharks. Right. Sharks. sharks. And there you go. So I guess it's actually not that bonkers now that I think about it. I was thinking that they literally found another plane and actually were like, oh, all of these people are for real dead. Okay, wait. She did say they found a plane. I understand that, but you can say anything. I think this is just a conspiracy. Like, there's no proof. But uh, the common person could just, you see a TikTok video and you go, oh, they found that plane. Hmm. But you don't know. Okay, so locking it in, your theory is the others use some sort of government connection. Some some kind of something. To, to stage a plane crash. No, no, no. It's just somehow the report. Somehow it is told to the people. The plane was found. There's no reason to look. That way nobody comes looking for them. Okay. couple questions here. Who is this woman? Somebody paid by Penny to find Desmond. What does it mean for the survivors that everyone thinks they're dead? No one's looking for them. And yet they've been found. Because someone was looking for Desmond. Right. But they found the survivors. Right. But they don't have any communication to tell anyone that. But if they did... What would that mean for them? It would mean that they're going to go, no, we are here. And then somebody's going to come get them. And they're going to go, I don't know who told you what, but I'm right here and I'm alive. Where do you think this is going to go? The stage has been set. A lot of pieces are on the board and we're nearing the end of the season. I think more people are going to show up. Because if Penny sent Parachute Girly and then doesn't hear anything back, it's not like she's going to be like, well, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, in theory, maybe she was able to send something out as the helicopter was going down, some kind of distress signal, blah, you know, and then there will be like, oh, this is our last point of contact. And then she's going to send more people to the area. So I think more people are coming. Wouldn't it make sense, though, that the helicopter wasn't able to send a distress signal because the island? Yeah, it would. But I don't know about all of the things. I'm not a scientist. And apparently, because you spoiled it for me, she said she's not alone. So maybe there's already more people there. I don't know what not alone means because they only saw one parachuter come out. The other person, if it, if she means I wasn't alone in the helicopter, that person could just be dead and that could mean nothing. Or it could be something else. I don't know. How do you think the others are going to react to her presence on the island? The others are going to be happy. 
they're going to be like, how'd you get here? Because we said we can't get here. What do you think they'll do when Mikhail tells them? They're going to try to capture her and question her. Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren? Good one. Better or worse than last week? Don't remember last week, so I'm going to say better. Like I said, it's just a ramp up. We are we are in full throttle towards the finale now because next week is a really good episode. And it's about Charlie. Would you like a title? I know the title. Because I saw it on Hulu. I hate you. I think it's called like The Grid or something. No. Oh, The the Gird. The, you, the, what is it? You're so far off. It's The Brig. The Brig. <laughs> the Grid. The Brig. Um, was there anybody in the military? Saeed. But we just had one. Isn't the Brig, that's like a military thing, right? It's like a boat prison. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. What if I told you it's one of my favorite episodes of the season? Would that give lock? you a It Jack? is lock. Didn't we just have a lock episode? Yep. Oh. Season three is a uh, is a high number of lock episodes. Actually, that's fine because now that means we get to go back to the others and see what's going on. So I will take it. Any predictions on what will happen? No. You know what? He's probably going to be playing fucking chess with his dad. It's going to be totally fine. He's going to be like, good move, son. He's going to be like, thanks, dad. Well, I can't wait. Someone actually messaged me and said, I know that you guys are recording in advance. And I'm trying to figure out when you guys actually record compared to when they come out, because I'm afraid that the brig is going to line up with the Ohio State Michigan game. <laughs> and if you guys don't win, Lauren will be in a really bad mood for that episode. <laughs> Because the brig is a very popular episode. Well, lucky for that person, it does not line up. But you are so right that if we lose that game, whatever episode comes next is going to suck. Yeah. We might have to take a week off. Actually, (laughs) that following week, I'm pretty sure, because the weekend of the Big Ten Championship is when we're going to record the finale. So... I guess you guys will know by my mood in the finale how well Ohio State's season played out. And after watching Kyle McCord play today, I don't have high hopes. He is a special kind of bad. But let me tell you, I think the the devastation of Ohio State being bad can be way, way, way overcorrected if the Lions stay good. Because I'm on the Lions hype train I'm the fucking conductor. Choo-choo, motherfucker. I, I'm i in it. I'm trying to convince Andrew for us to go to the game next weekend. It's in LA. And he's oh, got some... So yeah, he's got some work stuff going on, but I'm like, quit your job, bro. Let's go. I want to go so bad. Let me know. If you go, if you go, let me know about how cool SoFi is because that's like my favorite stadium right now. And I hate the Rams, so it's a shame. Concerned with the parking... I've heard the parking is madness, but that's okay. Obviously, the best stadium is uh, the Caesar Superdome, um, but I guess SoFi will be like a close third. I don't know what you're talking about. The Superdome, where the Saints play. Oh, sure. I care about that. It's where we beat Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. Don't care. It's where we beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. 
Don't care. That's where they hold the sugar bowl. Don't care. <laughs> well, I'm out of questions. But if you want to get your questions in for flashback, you can send them to any of our social medias. Lauren, where can they find them? You can find us on TikTok at Lauren Gets Lost dot pod. On Instagram at Lauren Gets Lost Pod. On Facebook, on YouTube, search Lauren Gets Lost. And are you feeling so, so, so generous today? Did you know that there is an option to give us money? Do it. Link in the episode description. The other ways you can help us out is give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Send us a nice DM or any questions you have about the podcast or just for us personally. And we will answer them at the end of the month in flashback. And speaking of flashback, for our January episode of flashback, January is my birthday month. And I have requested to do a special episode of flashback where we will be giving advice. So for one episode only, we are going to be an advice podcast. So send in your problems to any of our DMs. It can be as trivial or as serious as you want, but I hope you're not expecting good advice or or maybe you are. I don't know. I'm going to try my best. It just might suck. So please send them in. I'm very excited about this. That's going to be our January episode of Flashback. In the meantime, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your OBGYN and join us next time for The Brig, Not The Grid. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time, no matter what that bitch in the parachute says. Thank you.